following podcast contains spoilers and words like fuck, fuck, and fuck. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. As always, it's your boy B Dizzle. And this week I have a very special guest. But before I get into that, I just want to shout out that I've I've been around the block lately. I've been doing a ton of stuff. So if you want to hear me talk about movies in other places, I recommend that you start at the following. Uh, just last week, I was on the wonderful Movie Reviews and 20 Qs again, talking about, of course, one of my all-time favorite films, Jurassic Park. And Topher joined me. So that's a bit of fun. Um, recently, I was on the countdown, counting down my top 10 movie monologues. That was an insane amount of fun. And uh, spoiler alert, I won the vote. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, my great friends, Julio and Alex at The Contrarians, they've been doing the Friends Stravaganza, counting down uh, movies featuring the cast of Friends, doing their usual Rotten Tomato shtick. And this was a lot of fun, actually. They asked, since I am such a massive Friends fan, would I record a little introduction for each episode and give a little bit of a background on each character? So, yeah, if you want to hear me do that, you can do that over there. Uh, recently, I was on the Scaredy Boys podcast talking about the Amityville Horror not a scary movie, but an excellent, excellent podcast. And of course, that was with my great mate, Sean Carney, who was here last week. And Damo will be on the on the show soon. Jeez, God, this feels like I'm rattling off a heap. Uh, but I'm not even done. One of my favorite guest spots I've ever done was on the Binge Movies podcast just the other week. Jason had me on to chat about Stephen King adaptations. It's a topic that is dear to my heart. I'm an avid King reader and obviously film watcher. And uh, yeah, so we we binge watched five great King adaptations, spoke about all of them. The conversation's like over two hours, but I mean, it was so much fun. So go check that out. Uh, and I also, um, when I had Stu on the other week talking about Top Gun Maverick, uh, we did a little bit of a double record and I chatted about Dick Tracy for his show, Stu World Order. That episode hasn't come out yet, but I think it'll be out in the next couple of weeks. So look, I think that's everything. But geez, I've been a busy man. So if you want to hear all that, go check it out. But now, of course, into the show proper, as mentioned, very special guest. I'm very lucky to have one of my favorite people on planet Earth, just quietly. It's Liz from Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, the better half of that show now that Stacey's gone. How are you doing, Liz? I'm doing great, especially now that I know that I'm one of your favorite people on the planet. You, That's a huge uh, call. I only have Although my favorite people on this show. <laughs> To be fair, though, when I think about it, like, I probably only know, like, a thousand people at maximum. And so even if I don't like them very much, I still probably like them more than the people I don't know. So you're one of my favorite people, too. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. Anytime. <laughs> and this week, I'm I'm curious, because you and I haven't really discussed this much. I said to you, you can pick any movie that you want for us to do on the show. You originally picked a different movie. <laughs> And then, oh, yeah. and then in the last week, you said, actually, let's change it. <laughs> and you came up with five movies, I think it was. Yeah. And I said to you, at least two of those I don't like, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Let's just see what happens. And we spun a wheel and we got this movie. So is this one of your favorite movies then? Yeah, I think it is actually. Uh, watching it again, I just watched it this morning to give myself a refresh of it. And um, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's a good movie. It's fun. It's it's everything you want out of that mo that sort of genre of movie. Yeah. So. so we are, of course, talking about Independence Day, Confession Time. I'll tell you this. It's not one of the movies I hate, right? <laughs> good. It, it is one of the movies that 
I would almost classify as saying I haven't seen it. Like, I know that I've seen it, but in such distant memory that I could not have told you anything about this movie. So when I watched it the other night, it was almost like a first time viewing for me. (laughs) Wow, because I must have seen it multiple times. Although saying that, I... um, accessed a extended version through perfectly legal means <laughs> to uh, watch it again, <laughs> obviously. Um, and there were actually a couple of scenes I did not remember, and I think that I mustn't have seen the extended version before, which was kind of interesting. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, because yeah. I'm sure I would have seen this multiple times because, yeah, I, I could tell you the whole how the whole movie goes quite easily and knew a bunch of the lines and things. Yeah, my wife was shocked. She was furious when she found mm. out that I basically hadn't seen this movie because I was going to watch it one night. She was out at work and then when she found out I hadn't seen it, she was like, no, we're watching this together. <laughs> oh, fair. I mean, it's a great movie. How could you not have seen it? <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it then. Independence Day is a 1996 American science fiction action film directed by Roland Emmerich and written by Emmerich and Dean Devlin. It stars Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonald, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Collin, Randy Quaid, and Harry Connick. And what is it about, Liz? Okay, this one's pretty simple. Uh, There are some really horrible aliens and they fly their big ships around to different planets, uh, taking all their resources and then moving on. And they've turned up at Earth and the humans need to work out how to stop them from destroying us all, led by, of course, the Americans. Yes. (laughs) Yes, the Americans save the day. As always, as in every movie, I've watched a whole bunch of this sort of thing recently, and it's always the Americans yeah. leading the charge. Yeah. I was at, so that's interesting that you watched the extended one because I was reading about the difference. Did it have more? My understanding is that it has more footage of other countries. Like it has a couple of segments of like news reports from other countries and stuff. Yeah, you might be right. I think that was a couple of it. There were a couple other things that just I can see why they cut them out because they weren't that important. There was sort of one guy standing up like the um, like it was the rapture, you know, one of these sort of oh, uber right. religious guys after everything been blown up saying, you know, we've we've been told blah blah blah. This was I don't know. There was yeah. that kind of thing. Um, there was a couple of jokes about um, a girl losing a uh, like um, guys trying to convince a girl. To, a guy tries to convince a girl to lose her virginity because this is her last night on earth. Right. Yeah. And he doesn't. And then later in the thing, which I think is in the first one, uh, sorry, which I think is in the, the um, Theatrical original cut. version. Yeah. But um, in this one, there's the same girl trying to convince a guy that, you know, she says to him, I, I don't want to die without, you know, I don't right. want to die while still a virgin. And he turns around and says, oh, don't worry. I'm also a virgin. So we'll, we'll die together. Right. Instead of taking on the hint that he, you know, like it was a cute, like nerdy moment, but yeah. um, I didn't remember that. Yeah, so it was a couple of little things, but nothing yeah. of note, really. So did you first see this movie in 96? I was trying to remember, and I, if I didn't, I would have seen it not long after that. Like, I feel like yeah. I've always known about this movie kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. You know, it's one of those movies that everybody knows about. Like, as soon as the movie started, I said to my wife, oh, yeah, Jeff Goldblum, he, he saves the day by giving the aliens a virus. And she was like, how do you know that? I'm like, everybody <laughs> knows that. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, there was – I was still – I must say, I was shocked by some of the turns this movie took. For a first-time viewing, I did not expect the White House to get blown up. Oh, right? 
Yeah. It, yeah, it's an iconic shot, the the spaceship hovering over the White House. I always, in my stupid head, thought that they saved the day before that got blown up. But nope. <laughs> th- there's a bunch nope. of shit getting blown up in that this movie. And it's actually a very nice touch because when I thought about it afterwards, I was like, well, of course. Otherwise, there's no real movie. It's just the aliens hover over it for two hours and there's no action, really. So, of course, it gets blown up. Like, But... Yeah, I think it lends itself to some very nice action sequences. Absolutely, and like, yeah, I remember that the the um, the special effects and the and the um, all those clips of, of buildings blowing up and stuff was this huge deal then. And watching it now, I can really see why because I feel like these must have really blown people away at the time. Looking at other movies that I've watched recently, the the effects are just nothing compared. Again, yeah. Armag- oh, you know Armageddon. I watched that recently. Terrible effects compared to this. Yeah. Um, what was the other one I watched recently? Damn it, I can't remember. But um, yeah, I've I've as part of this podcast, I've had you know I've watched quite a few different films from around the same time period, and nothing stands up to it at all. Yeah, you know, oh, the Mummy, the Mummy is one which um, you know. I watch that and I think, my God, these effects are terrible. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I read to that on the show quite recently. And yeah, it is with these films, you do always need to approach it through that lens of, okay, this was now 25 years ago. Um, or, you know, in this case, even, God, we must be close to, what, 20, 27? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, like, I've always held 90s films up to through the lens of looking at Independence Day as as the example of what – um, special effects could be at that time, yeah, and they all fall flat. This this movie is just spectacular for that. And um, one of the scene, one of the, I think it was again, maybe was it Armageddon? The, one of the ones where it blows up a whole bunch of cities, and I thought, oh god, like could they stop showing this so much because <laughs> it's boring? I didn't get that with Independence Day because it was so beautifully done and so breathtaking and, and eye-catching and you just yeah. think, God, look at that. Wow. That's definitely true. I mean, this is the film that, as far as my memory goes, put Roland Emmerich and and disaster films really on the map. Um, and I think that what this film does well, like, uh, yeah, do the visual effects hold up compared to today's standards? No. Are they really nice? Yeah. And part of that is the editing and cinematography. Like you say, mm-hmm. I think that the action scenes in this film are very well paced. And not only the action scenes themselves well paced, I think the film is really well paced. This isn't back-to-back action sequences. Um, it's a really fast-paced film. Like, I was very surprised. It's it's like half an hour in that the White House blows up. <laughs> like, it happens really quite quickly. Like, the movie starts with the aliens arriving. Goldblum almost instantly figures out the timer... <laughs> At that point, it's six hours, and then five minutes later, it's 27 minutes. Like, yeah. it moves quickly, but, yeah, you never get bored. And even though it moves quickly, it's not – it never feels disjointed. Like, it has a nice flow to it narratively, I think, which is more than I can say for some of Emmerich's more recent films. Um, yeah, it's it's a nicely put-together movie. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. You can sort of see how everything um, is sort of a natural flow on from each other. Um, I think there's a nice, um, yeah, uh, step between those big action, blowy up, exciting scenes, and then a bit of moments of, you know, of that quiet humanity, mm. building those relationships and things. There are a couple of bits maybe where it's a little bit slow. Um, the bit where uh, the first lady's dying, I felt like. Oh, 
you probably hung on that a little bit too long, but yep. uh, given that it was a two hour, what was it, two hours 35 or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that was the extended version as well. So um, generally speaking, there wasn't a lot of this that I felt was unnecessary. Yeah, I think the one I watched was two hours 25. So there might have just been like 10 extra minutes in that extent one. Yeah, that sounds um, about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, one thing I would say is that um, while I do like the editing and cinematography, as I've said, and I, I've loved this film, um, I do note that they fall prey to some of those sort of 90s tropes, which um, I find always slightly grating, such as the plane flying out five metres in front of the giant exploding ball of fire. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the the dog <laughs> leaping to safety That's what I was gonna say. at the that last was... <laughs> second. I... I'm just... I oh. could not help but piss myself laughing at that scene. I was I turned to my wife and I said, "Oh my god, that dog is doing a Tom Cruise jump. He's dog cruise. He's literally like last minute jumping in slow-mo from this explosion and it was fucking hilarious too." So me. dumb. <laughs> they just like I I've said before on some uh, one of some podcast episode at some point I've said how much I'm just not an animal person and so these sort of scenes I just they're not made for me obviously (laughs) they're made for people like oh thank god the dog you know I don't care but that one totally took me back to the Dante's Peak moment where the dog comes leaping out of the forest on the other side of a lake that just paddled across has just turns up and then leaps into the vehicle just in time to not be destroyed by the lava and I'm like oh come on and it was that same feel in this. Yeah. Um, Man, Dante's Peak is good. I fucking love Dante's Peak. I should God, do that I on the show it. at some point. <laughs> really? I will come and be a catapult to you because I hated that <laughs> film. I think I just really hated Pierce Brosnan's smug face and that did not help matters. But um, maybe I'd like it more this time. I think there was too many of those ridiculous coincidences. This, um, yeah, I feel like Independence Day is is the precursor to 2012, which is that also Roland Emmerich? It is, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. And he goes next level in that one with those ridiculous coincidences. Yeah. And that it makes it too ludicrous. Whereas I mean, this one, you can forgive a couple, but. Oh, there were some for me. I mean, Will Smith's partner happening to find the first lady, I think, is one. But even more ludicrous than that is later on when Will Smith turns up and finds his wife. And it's like, how the fuck did you know where they were? <laughs> like, Well, I th- he said to meet him at El Toro, right? So I guess he thought she might keep trying to get to El Toro. But isn't that a, isn't El Toro a city? Oh, I, I assumed it was the base. Wasn't it just like the right. okay. Air Force base, like NORAD, okay. I think? I guess that I would know. make more sense then. <laughs> and I was I had the same question about the First Lady when I was watching it today, but I was wondering if NORAD was – the NORAD base or whatever they were talking about was a key military point, and so that's why they were trying to fly the First Lady there, so that's right. why she was on the way. But honestly, like I, I also agree that it was a little bit weak that they managed to come together so easily and so quickly. Yeah. Like within a day, that seemed a little bit unreasonable. Yeah. I mean, mm. let's talk about the cast then. I mean, sure. big cast for 96. You have Absolutely. the most handsome man alive in Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I was going <laughs> like, to say, which one are you talking about? I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I, I'm gay for Goldblum, but I'm pretty damn gay for Goldblum. <laughs> like, he is, he's a dreamboat. I'm going to read you my note that I wrote while I was watching it. And I said, how is Jeff Goldblum in a flannel shirt and a sweater tie around his waist the sexiest thing in this movie? I know. (laughs) And then I forgot about the final scene where you have Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum walking away from the crash of their spaceship in those green jumpsuits, smoking those cigars and with the most badass strut 
I have ever seen. And I was just like, if I ever thought I might have been lesbian, I just need to watch <laughs> that clip. And I know without a doubt, I am a straight Just, just to remind now. you that there is beauty Ooh. in us males. Oh, my God. Yeah, just anytime to put I hate myself men, in just... the same category as Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum there. 100%. <laughs> yeah. just, just watch it. But it cracks me up because Jeff Goldblum, you would not immediately go, oh, Jeff Goldblum, sex symbol. Oh. But actually, my top three movies with Jeff Goldblum, he is fantastic. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. So this is three, obviously a couple of years after Jurassic Park and you get that beautiful shot of him heaving Number shirts. two. <laughs> number two, yep. He's, yeah. he's top notch in, in, in uh, Jurassic Park. What's the third and, one? The Fly? No, Thor Ragnarok. I Right, yep. I forgot he was even in that. Love yeah. his character in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. He's, and there he's actually got that sort of Bowie quality, doesn't he? And he's actually a bit androgynous, but yeah. still, yeah. if he asked, I'd be there. Yeah, But I mean... <laughs> Like so, yeah. Jeff Goldblum, fantastic. Love him. Great charisma. Great character. Just very quirky. Yeah. Um, but then Will Smith, I had a lot of appreciation from watching this movie again. Like the he just carries scenes on his own so well. The bit where he's, yeah. um, you know, arguing and fighting the alien, he's like screaming at him, and you just really <laughs> buy it, and you just it welcome just, to it's Earth. <laughs> Yeah. Like, now that's oh, what man. I call a close encounter. <laughs> I know. I, like that's it was ridiculous to me that he had to have not one but two cheesy lines back to back. Like Welcome to Earth on its own would have been enough, but then to follow yeah. it up with now that's what I call a close encounter. He like he could have just but he kept nails going. It. Yeah. You're like Oh, well, oh, you're a cutie. And then I love the bit where he's dragging him across the, the desert and he's just like, and what the hell is that smell? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I just, he does it so well. And the two of them together. Yes. I was thinking, was God, say. why don't we have more buddy comedies with those two? I would watch that in a heartbeat. I mean, the buddy comedy is a genre to me that in recent years I feel like has disappeared a bit, right? Like, Yeah, I can think of a few, you know, uh, there was like, well, uh, no, was it Wolfram? No, the one with the two cops. Is it Marky Mark? The other guys? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. 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 So you get a couple of those sort of things, but not so much. Um, There's been more more female ones, I think. Um, That's true. Heat was one that I can think of. Um, But yeah, you're right. It's not as common as maybe it was at the time. But those two played off each other beautifully. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. I really like. Will Smith fan? I'm. Yeah, I think I'd, I've definitely seen a few movies with him. I like him, and I think he's got a good bit of range. I, I don't necessarily like everything he's done, but yeah. you know, I I liked um, quite a few that I can think of off the top of my head. So, yeah, I think he's he's a quality quality actor. Yeah, he's got some good chops. Um, I think the thing about the two of them that really made this movie for me, and it's sort of we uh, touched on it, and when we were discussing Uncharted, is. Um, that feeling of fun and irreverence that they brought together. And I really yep. think that's clear in the moment where, you know, Will Smith just volunteered to fly the alien ship. And yeah. Jeff, Jeff goes up to him and says, do you really think you can fly that? And he's like, do you really think you can do all the shit you just said? And I like that. I like that yes. they were both just kind of going, ah, fuck it. Let's let's give this a go. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, it's just that 90s kind of, Hey, let's try this out. Whereas movies these days are also crisp and clean, and we've got this very serious plan that yes. has very many things checked out and blah blah. <laughs> That's one yeah. thing to me that an action movie really needs is that sense that no matter how dire things get, we always have time for a quip. You always yes. have time to make a joke together. <laughs> like absolutely, it just it. You're right. It works really well in this film. Because otherwise, it just gets so serious. You're killing a bunch of people. It's sad. Like, that, well, yeah. Let's have a laugh. Yeah. 
let's recognize we don't know what the fuck we're doing and things could go horribly wrong. Like, <laughs> let's lo- it's laugh or cry, so let's laugh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so I love them. Um, the rest, pretty, you know, Bill Pullman was alright. He obviously does the amazing, um, yeah. inspiring speech and he nails that quite nicely. Um, yeah, like the, the women, I think, all play their bits quite well, but they're not... I mean, it was this the isn't 90s, a movie about so the woman. Not in it much. <laughs> yeah, it just it wasn't a movie like showcasing female talent or skill or intelligence yeah. or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Which is a shame, but it's the nineties. Like, frankly, I thought the um, I was quite impressed with how they handled um, David, the TV producer guy. But there's a bit where he's like, "Thank you, David," and he kisses him straight on the mouth, and Goldblum's like, "Oh well, you're welcome." And I just thought, "Hey, this is pretty." Gay friendly for a nineties film, so yeah, yeah, and surprisingly quite progressive towards sex work, towards like, well, not yep. sex work, but strippers, you know, like, yeah, um, she Absolutely. turns out to be a bit of a hero and a bit of a badass, and you get that one moment where the I actually really liked that moment where she tells the first lady what she does and mm-hmm. she says sorry, and she's like, you don't have to say sorry. Yeah, I like what I do. I thought that was actually treated very progressively for a film from '96. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yes, could it have had more strong female characters that were actually had an impact? Yeah. Absolutely. Is that the same for pretty much every '90s movie? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'll, you know, I'll sort of take a bit what I can get in that sort of case, and there were certainly some moments that were really good. Yeah. Um, one thing that I've really noticed across all of these movies is the um, is how much they love to really have America leading the show. America's number one. It's all focused on what America is doing. There's a, there might be a couple of cuts to other countries, but they're yeah. following America's lead or waiting for America's advice. And it just it always just seems a little bit ridiculous. I mean, this one wasn't as bad as say Armageddon, where you've got the one drunk and competent Russian yeah. that they're dealing with, and everyone else is America solving the day. Um, but um, you know, it's still the British guy. Where he's like, finally, the Americans are telling us what to do. Yeah. We've been waiting for them to lead it. I just that gets a little bit on my nerves because I kind of think, well, surely there's other people sitting around waiting to do stuff. Australia's yeah. got a pretty hefty military. Surely they'd be wanting to. Well, this is the thing that always makes me involved. laugh, right? So in this film, there's. 15 spacecraft, I think they say, 15. And I think like seven or eight of them are in the States, just in different cities. And they're like, I know that our people are a lot more spread out, but Australia, the size of our continent is the same surface area as the States. And yet they get like more than half of the spacecraft there and then the other seven, I guess it is kind of spread out across the world. Yeah. And it's not like the aliens would know that, you know, America's like the big defence header. Like there's nothing that would indicate that. And actually if they were doing it by population, most of the aircraft would end up being over like India, China, right? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, that seems a bit ridiculous. I did um, find, the like it was quite interesting thinking about what if they hadn't stopped them or even though they did stop them, a lot of those big cities were gone by that point, right? Definitely, so yeah. So yeah. when you think about the sequel, that they come back and they've you know rebuilt society all better and stuff, would they have? Because a lot of those cities were gone and that would have held a lot of um, – you know, the the surgeons for the countries or the yeah, yeah. the research facilities, stuff like that. You know, there would have been a lot of society would have just gone down the toilet after those cities got blown up. And I thought that was quite an interesting point that would be – that would be an interesting movie to me, seeing how they rebuilt society. Yeah. 
Actually, that that would be interesting. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, New Zealand would be just hanging out going, oh, there's some aliens. Oh, we, we haven't seen any. <laughs> I know. We don't have any planes to send or anything, but, yeah. you know, they haven't stopped down here. They, I'm not sure they even know we exist. We're not on any maps. I was going to say, so. it's funny when you go to like, you know, there's, there's a whole subreddit, Maps Without New Zealand. It's just maps yep. that don't have New Zealand on it. Yeah, well, we've we've done that so that the aliens can't find us, you see. Yeah, well, that's a smart move. <laughs> yeah, 100%. There's actually um, a, U- a clip you can find on G- YouTube, I think, of like Reese Darby and Jacinda Ardern trying to investigate why we're not on any maps, right. uh, which is quite funny. Yeah, I think if you search like Reese Darby maps or something and it talks about why we're, why we're not on them. But um, yeah, we're, we're usually forgotten. And so we were forgotten in this movie. So I was actually quite pleased to see that a ship had crashed just behind the Sydney Harbour Bridge, partly yep. because that would probably have killed a lot of people in Sydney. <laughs> and everyone hates Sydney. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, sort of, not really. And, um, and you know, at least that was kind of near New Zealand. Although saying that, if you were going to have a ship in that area, then it would have got to Sydney, like it would have absolutely taken out Sydney already. Sydney and Melbourne, those would yeah, be I, the two cities to go first, right? I would have thought Sydney would have been the, in that first wave, I would have yeah. thought, unless they started maybe with Canberra, like how Washington was in the first wave, kind of take out the oh, government. Yeah, yeah. But as you say, there's no allusion to aliens having done any research about Earth. Yeah. To me, it seems like they're just kind of... Come, so, yeah, it seems odd that they might have strategically picked where they were going to attack. Yeah, I feel like no one did any thought about that when, when going, oh, where are the aliens going to go? There was no, like, well, wait, why would they have picked these ones? Yeah. Yeah. It's That's- kind of interesting, actually. Sorry, it just reminded me really quickly of, um, is it District 9? And the, the aliens end up over, was it Joburg? Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of, I really appreciated that because I thought, yeah, actually, are they really going to be turning up all over America every time? <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. Know? Let's talk about the design of the aliens. What are your thoughts on the look of these creatures? <laughs> Creepy as hell. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, it was quite good. I thought it was clever to have, you know, like they had the giant heads and then their telepathic yeah. It was quite good. I liked how they made them like that, the shiny eyes and the, sh- you know, like yeah. that really all tied into them being like this – um, like these psychic um, advanced creatures uh, and they were definitely creepy and gross. The bit where they're cutting open the biomechanical suit is disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a cool scene actually. Yeah. Um, or one bit there is a bit of one of my bugbears about the film is when he um, manipulates the vocal cords of yeah. the doctor to speak. And I'm like, well, A, how does he know English? And B, how does he know how to manipulate the vocal cords to make that sound? Yeah, you've so, some good points. <laughs> yeah, the, the, after the, over a few times watching it, they, these are the kind of things that start coming to mind. So I try to turn the brain off, but it doesn't always <laughs> yeah. work. Um, but I think that scene was really cool, though. I really liked the how can we negotiate a truce, you know, what, yep. what will bring peace? And the alien's just like, no peace. Yeah. What do you want that from was- us? Die! Like, that was yeah. great. That was very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, all in all, how are you scoring this movie then? You've said it's one of your favourites. Is is this a perfect 10 for you? No, because we have brought up a couple of things that I've had issue with, but it's pretty high. It's going to yeah. be maybe a 9, maybe even yep. a 9.5. Yeah, nice. Yeah, like, for what it is, for when it was, you know, it really delivers. 
Yeah. I was really happy to watch it again today. I could watch it again tomorrow quite happily. There's some amazing one-liners. If um, I, I actually messaged Sam during this. Um, one of the questions on our podcast, um, uh, Movie Reviews and 20 Qs, is worst line to hear after sex. And I came up with two amazing ones, which I'm going to bring up now because they're just perfect. And it was, oh, you did not shoot that green shit at me. (laughs) (laughs) And the other one, uh, what's the other one? Yeah, I was just like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I have to message Sam. That's the perfect line. And um, But then the other one was, um, oh, I could have been at a barbecue. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, man. Um, yeah, I mean, Will Smith gets these amazing lines. He's he's got all of them, and he delivers them beautifully. So I'm okay with that. But yeah, like, he does, yeah. it's a really tight dialogue, and um, you know, like it, it just delivers on the dialogue, on the special effects, on the pacing, on um, the humor. Yeah, uh, quality of the acting, generally yeah. speaking. Yeah, I, I agree. I think this is just a a solid, fun movie with surprisingly good effects, and and. Yeah, I actually found myself mostly caring about the characters. Like, mm. I, I wanted them to make it out, which you don't always in these disaster films. So, yeah, I'm a 7 out of 10. I enjoyed it a lot. I think part of it may be because I did come to it, I guess, quote unquote, late. I mm. feel like if I had better memories of this film and had seen it more often and, you know, in the 90s, then I'd probably be giving it a higher score for sure. Um, in yeah, the same way that, that, like, I love The Mummy so much, for example. but Yeah, yeah. I can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> Not a fan of The Mummy. I've made my feelings on that movie quite clear. Whereas this this movie holds a really special place in my heart. Like, this is yeah. definitely a movie I will always say, yeah, oh, great film, got to watch it kind of thing. And, and I can yeah. always, uh, you know, refer back to it. And when I watch movies, it's one of the movies that comes to mind and yeah, that I refer yeah. other movies back against and that kind of yeah. thing. Well, thank you for finally forcing me to fill in this blind spot that I should have done a very long time ago. It was a lot of fun. I'm really glad that I finally like seen Good. it to the point where I remember it. <laughs> so. oh, I'm really pleased to hear it. Um, don't bother watching the sequel. I mean, it was really not the same at all. It might as well have been an entirely different movie. Uh, but yeah. uh, the original is great. Yeah, our friends uh, Paul and Wayne from the Countdown podcast, they refer to it as Independence Day Returgence. <laughs> oh, I like that because, yeah. yeah, it was Cause it's so dead. disappointing. Because I was really excited. I was like, oh, a sequel, finally. No, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Oh, do you know who we haven't talked about? Who? Ran- Randy Quaid and his drunk crop dusting yeah. pilot. He, to me, is the one character that's a little bit out of place because yeah. he just – I don't know. It's an odd story. And then at the end when he kind of saves the day, it's it's a little like you expect it because we've been focused on him. But up to that point, you've been, why are we focused on this guy? Yeah. And his yeah. children who kind of pop in and out but have zero bearing on the story at all as well. I, I like the kids because it kind of just shows a little bit more of the humanity, I guess. But, yeah, like they weren't that necessary. I really didn't like the whole, ha, 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 he's flying a plane drunk. Yeah, what a hilarious yeah. idiot. No, that's yeah. not a hilarious thing. 90s. Yeah, um, yeah and the like, mocking of uh, him having been abducted by aliens. Do you think he was ever abducted by aliens? I mean, I guess that's an interesting question, isn't mm. it? Because we know that aliens exist, and yet, like, there are physically aliens in the sky, and yet people are still laughing at this guy like, what a drunk idiot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, when he's like, when I was abducted by these previously, and they're like, ha, 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 that could never have happened. 
mate, yeah. have you looked out the fucking window? <laughs> like, I actually yeah. don't think he was abducted by those aliens. Maybe there were other aliens. But, um, yeah, those aliens clearly would have maybe abducted him, but then, like, uh, like immediately just burn him to a crisp. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. Can you tell everybody where they can find movie reviews in 20 Qs? Yeah, um, movie reviews in 20 Qs can be found pretty much anywhere you find podcasts, I think. I tend to listen to us on Spotify, um, but I know that they're around on all sorts of things. If you want to get in touch with us, I know we're on Twitter as um, Movie Reviews In. We're also on um, Facebook and I think Instagram. Um, Sam's always happy to take queries and suggestions, unless it's St. Trinian's. He still won't <laughs> let me uh, do an episode on that, sadly. But um, yeah, definitely reach out and, and give us a listen. Nice. It's such a great show. I mean, which is obvious because I love you guys so much. Love Sam. Love Stacey. Love you. Love Kahu and Machu. It's just a great group of people. (laughs) Yeah, we are pretty awesome. That's true. I mean, mostly me, but yeah. (laughs) Well, speaking of Sam, he'll be joining me in the next uh, week or two to chat about the new Thor Love and Thunder. And before that, I'll have KT from For Your Reference on the show chatting about Muriel's wedding. Uh, The other awesome thing is that we're coming up to our 250th. And so Topher, for some stupid reason, convinced me to do Ben Affleck's Daredevil. So that was pretty drunk. That'll be fun. Sounds like some exciting times. <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing. And I'll catch you next week. You're still here? The, the show's over. Go home. Go. But if you can't get enough of We Watched a Thing, why don't you check out our Patreon page? There's tons of behind-the-scenes content, heaps of bonus episodes. You can get full, unedited videos of each episode recording. You can pick a movie for me to do on the show, or even come and join me while I talk about it. So why don't you head over to patreon.com forward slash We Watched a Thing. Go watch a movie.